Hello, this is a Jay the Shark and Friends and Russell mm, and Russell podcast. On today's show, Dan, 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 Dan. The band is back together. Legend of Phuket newspapers, radio, and general all-round top guy, Big Dan, Danny O, is here, baby. Uh, he's going to tell us his story about how he came to Phuket and how his time here gave him the platform to become a prime figure on Fox Sports Asia, presenting and producing shows like The John Dyke Show. And now he hosts an amazing podcast called Inside the Beautiful Game. That's right. Let's get inside Big Dan. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast. Morning, Jay. Morning, Russell. How you doing, buddy? Um, Russell. You look... What? Amazing. Is it my new hair? It's the new hair. It's the whole Air Force regiment sort of thing you've got going on. I just make shit up. I don't think we should go into hair yet. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm looking... <laughs> oh, at, yeah, yeah. Without... without um, yeah, that's, that's I was a gonna, sore point. I was going to introduce Big Dan, but then I realised there's no way in hell I can say his second name. So <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it's best to either say, hi, it's Big Dan, or I let you give him the proper introduction that he deserves. Well, in that case, I'll take the range if you don't mind. So welcome to the pod. Danny O, good to have you here, buddy. Wow, not been called that for a long time. Yeah. Danny O, that, that brings back some memories. Things yeah. have suddenly come screaming back to me. It's uh, good no, to be together. It's, yeah, it's good, oh, it's good to be here, guys. And uh, thanks very much for inviting me on. He went very professional then, he didn't did he? did you notice that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Close that's... Dan's been very professional <laughs> in his career of tv and radio and we're not well yeah there is that um big dan big yes dan. mate danny o um who are you where'd you come from um well graham oh no that was silla wasn't it yeah <laughs> um well, i'm from born in london grew up in york Decided to leave the UK 2005 for good. Well, maybe not for good, but at least for an extended period of time. Um, decided to become a diving instructor. Went to Thailand, over to Koh Town, East Coast, trained to become an instructor. Uh, moved to Australia, then moved to Borneo and ended up back in Thailand where I ended up getting a job here in Phuket where I met you guys. I was working for the Phuket Gazette and then moved to 91.5 FM, Phuket Island Radio. Ka-ching! I can't remember the tagline off the, off the top of my head. The station where everyone listens, no one listens, one of the two, I can't remember. <laughs> I think it might have been the latter. Uh, <laughs> and then... Oh, I know where this is going. Yeah. No, absolutely not. No, 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 no. And then after a while, that I ended up getting offered a job in Singapore. I was ESPN All right, Star Dan, Sports. slow down. Oh, okay. You said... Wh- I know. Who I am, where I'm, I'm, I'm just letting him run. Just let him run. No, I don't want to let him run. We need okay. to interact... In- interrupt. <laughs> now you've got, you're is the one to rep French. <laughs> I, I'm afraid I don't speak French. Um, Danny O no longer lives in Phuket, but we've you've come all the way here just for this podcast. I'm sure. Absolutely. No, you haven't. Um, why are you here this weekend? I'm here because a few of my friends are moving on from Singapore next year, and we're having a bit of a lads' weekend to give them one last final hurrah. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. And um, you couldn't have done that in Singapore. No, very true. No. So it's really expensive. Yeah, yeah to be fair, you, cheaper you, to fly yeah, here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, I mean, it is. You know, no, I, I, I know. <laughs> um, let's go back in history um, to where, okay, so you're originally from the UK, then you came out to Thailand as a diving instructor, did your diving stuff, 
But let's go to the Phuket bit because I think that's the the bit that we want to base ourselves in. Cool. Um, although Borneo does sound pretty cool. Um, Australia doesn't. What were you doing when you first came to Phuket? Nothing. <laughs> so I, I came right. here. I came here with the idea of uh, getting a job doing something. I wasn't 100% sure what, but I wanted to try and start doing some TV presenting. And a friend of good friends of all of ours, Tash and Steve. Yeah. Um, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Good friends of two of you. Okay. <laughs> Amazing friends to me. Fair point. Yeah. Fair point. Uh, one so, of them, anyway. So they, I assume that's our cut. With the dogs? Uh, <laughs> Which one of the dogs? <laughs> Wait, sorry, they've got dogs? Uh, apparently. I ah. see the odd picture on social media. Um, so, yeah, so one of their friends had his own sort of independent TV company. And he said he had some ideas and he wanted a host and blah, blah, blah. And I, I wanted to get into sports broadcasting. And I figured it'd be a good way to sort of dip my toes into the water. Is, sorry, we interrupt people. whereas Because you do an amazing podcast. When he says we. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Jay interrupts you. We'll talk about your podcast in a minute. Um, did you want to be a sports journalist? Um, shut up, Russell. Did you want to be a sports journalist and presenter before you did your diving thing? Was the diving thing just to travel or was it was the journalism always in your head? Uh, I'd always wanted to be a football writer. Okay. And then happened rather to be... Rather than a player. Rather than, Well, I always wanted to be a player to start with and realised I had the talent of a, uh, well, pretty much this mug of tea sitting in front of me. <laughs> so we're talking about how I decided to well, get into the, yeah, sports so broadcasting. You wanted to do sports broadcasting, but you came as a dive instructor. So what was your... And you were talking about you went to Australia for the Ashes. Go. So, yeah. So we were at the, the, the test in Melbourne. We'd just been flogged. We'd come out of the stadium and my brother spotted Tim Abraham, the Sky Sports News cricket correspondent. And he was chatting to England fans about the performance. So brother said, oh, come on, let's go and have a look, see what, what he had to say, uh, what he's got to say. So we went over there and he was chatting to some people. And I, a lot of people at the time, because I had my dread, said I looked like Andrew Simons, the Aussie cricketer. <laughs> and I had the zinc on because I was playing up to it. And he said, oh, I just want to talk to this fellow over here. And that was me. So he asked me a few questions and I was fairly well oiled. I say we'd been <laughs> drinking quite a lot because just to banish the memory of the cricket. Um, but got through the questions, answered fairly eruditely, I thought. And then he said, thanks very much. That was really good. Eruditely. Well, thanks. <laughs> um, and as we walked off, my mate said, oh, did you hear what he said at the end? I'm like, no, I didn't. He said, he said, you did really well. I said, no, he said that to everyone. I said, he didn't. I'm like, oh. And then a few hours later, we start getting messages from people back home saying, oh, I've just seen you on Sky Sports News. It's really cool. I'm like, huh, what a great job. I want to do that. And I said at the time, my brother laughed at me and he says, come on, you'll never do that. And I was like, oh, no, that's what I want to do. And I remember when I was in Borneo, I then started speaking to people who came through the dive shop I was working at who worked in TV. And one of the persons said, the best place for you to start would be Asia because there's less yeah. talent for, for one. <laughs> yeah. oh, sheer, yeah, less, less sheer volume of talent. Yeah, okay, yeah. The talent is there, but there's, there's nowhere near as much. It's not as competitive. Uh, so that's the plan. So I thought, right, well, if I move back to Thailand... Jason was the guy who had the, his own TV company here in Phuket. I thought, right, if I can get a start with him, maybe do some stuff, practice, and then try and get a job at ESPN as it was mm. in Singapore. So that's why I came to Phuket. Wow. Um, is that clip still available of you being interviewed anywhere? Uh, no. I mean, it might be in might Sky be Sports annals somewhere, or it might be on YouTube, but I don't think. I've never even looked, to be honest. Um, be interesting to try and track that down. Yeah, it would. Um, I do we're, know a couple of people. Started. I do know a couple of people who do work for Sky Sports News, actually. So it might be possible. But so as I a, imagine they probably do keep recordings yeah, of everything. They they this is two thousand five Ashes. Uh, yeah, two thousand five six. Okay, so so you've just you've left the UK. No, sorry, six seven two thousand six seven. All right, so you've left the UK. But what was your background there? We um, did you do journalism or anything? No. Um, so I went to University Sheffield Hallam and I did a sport and sociology degree. I knew you went to Sheffield. <laughs> um, great city. Really, yeah, cool. good, really good student city. Uh, and 
I, I wanted to be a sports writer, but they, I remember going to a careers forum and the guy, it was a, one of the posts was a journalist and he said, look, do a degree you want and then do a, a sort of follow-up course yeah. in, in journalism. I was like, okay, that makes sense. But then decided to go traveling with mates of mine after uni and also became a holiday rep and that yeah. kind of put on the backbone. And then I wanted to become a diving instructor. So the idea of getting a, a real job kind of well, fell by the wayside. wayside for the time being. And I never actually had a real job in the UK. I just did bits and bobs and sold milk and worked behind bars and stuff like that. But I always still wanted to go back into the journalism side of things. So actually coming to Phuket, I ended up getting a job at the Phuket Gazette because they were looking for a desk editor to, to help mm-hmm. sub all the stuff. And went along for uh, for an interview. They gave That's me old school. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah, absolutely. They gave me a bit of copy from one of their Thai writers. Says, "Can you turn that into something that Legible. could be, be a new?" Yeah, well, I didn't want to say <laughs> it, but yes, um, into a new story. And I did. And they came out and said, "Well, you can write. You know, we just need I to. Can, dis- I can read too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just need to discuss about you know technical things and work permits and stuff like that. But you know, we'll get back to you. And a couple of weeks later, they said, "Right, yeah, job's yours if you want it." So that was your first, uh, so the Gazette, the Phuket Gazette was your intro into journalism. I'd written a few things for the um, on the local York papers when I was at school, and I did a bit of work experience with one of them as well, but nothing that serious. So yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much the Phuket Gazette was where I kind of got started, and there was their subbing. And but what year, so that was 2000 and... 2008. Okay, so then after yeah, that... Just, sorry, just, so, and one because the yes. kicker to get you to do that... Was this drunken foray at? Was that the MCG? Uh, it was at the MCG. It wasn't. It was in probably be middle of the afternoon. Right. Yeah. yeah. So drunken foray. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just on a, a random opportune moment, talking to the guy on Sky Sports. Yeah. That was really the the kicker to say, right, I'm going to focus my effort to try and yeah, and do it through Asia because I also yeah. knew that ESPN Star Sports was based out of Singapore, yeah. and that's Sweet. just a short hop from here. See, that's similar to your dog story. No. <laughs> no, it is. You, uh, you, yes, you, no, yeah, you yeah, wanted no, to play yeah. with doggies and then you came here to Asia and you've set up your doggy thing. Correct. So you two have got a very similar, you kind of saw this, came to Asia and now you've followed your goals and you've reached your goals. Whereas other people don't ever follow their goals, <laughs> don't ever reach their goals <laughs> and they're just sad people. But we're not going to mention any names <laughs> or point <laughs> any fingers. <laughs> and I wouldn't say I've reached my goals yet. There's still a lot of things I want to well, do. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that in a minute and shut your face, you dittos. Um... <laughs> When did we all meet? I'm uh, trying to figure the dates of when. So who was on the radio? I did, was was I? You were on the radio first. Was, when you say you, that's Jay. Me. Yeah, sorry. Yes. For those watching in black and white, I'm pointing at Jay. Yeah. You started first with the chill out show. The amazing, the Sunday amazing afternoon. Sunday afternoon chill out show. show. Yeah. I came on board to do the rock show. Terrible rock show. And then starring Dwayne Johnson. <clears throat> that's the one. Put him pretty, in pretty good Here coup there yeah, for yeah, Byron. Like to be that. fair, yeah. Yeah. done well. Hey. Yeah. He's in. <laughs> we're besties. And then there was the Lady Marmalade breakfast show, if you remember that wonderful oh, two bless. weeks. She's still on the island, so let's be careful. Don't slag her off. I'm not slagging her off, but she did she a wonderful... She was lovely. She was one of these people, though, and I think that we can all respond to this. Talking to her without putting the microphone in front of her, she was amazing. She was great. She was bubbly. As soon as she sat in that studio and put that microphone in front, in front of her, just... So yeah. I started the breakfast show because Byron got me in and said, can you come in? And just sit with her through the, the breakfast show just to sort of help her out. Oh, it's and your that's fault. Exactly, you didn't help much, It's did exactly you? right. Off Sabotage. Air, <laughs> yeah. She was chatting. She was bubbly. She was really easy. We had a bit of a laugh. And, and I mean, her English was great. It wasn't, the, I mean, she was tired, but her English was great. She could understand the colloquialism. She could have the laugh and the banter. But as soon as she went online, uh, on air, it was just deadpan, just. Yeah. 
not everyone can do it. I mean, it, it is a skill. Yeah, yeah. You know, some people are fantastic storytellers and, you know, be the center of attention, but you put them in front of people either physically or knowing that they're out there and they'll just climb up shots. Or like shots. Before, Jay, putting a microphone in their hand like, uh. Well, I think this was when, when I started the podcast, it was I invested in some lapel mics just purely because this, well, no one can see this, but we're all sat here with three microphones yeah. in front of our faces mm. talking. We're all used to it. But I was always worried that those people were going to clam up. So the idea with a lapel mic was to try to, you know, reduce that clamming. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want them too clammy. Um, and it, it did work a little bit-ish. And it uh, does work. It makes sense. It yeah. makes perfect and sense. And I think with this new red box that we love. I think <laughs> it, it, it shiny is very, red I'd box. heard a lot about this red box. <laughs> red and box. I have to say I'm very impressed. The red box works. <laughs> Even though it was from Lazarzazada, it does work. Yeah. Um, so we all started. So when did you come onto the radio, Dan? So... I joined The Breakfast Show 2009, so you'd left. I'd just left. And I was speaking to you about how unhappy I was at the Phuket Gazette. That's right, yeah. Because my editor at the time, who I believe is still on the island, and I won't slag him off, was... Uh... <laughs> 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 he, just, he just wasn't very good at his job. Yeah. And it was I was a, trying to work out who it, it is. was a miserable environment to exist in, and... Well, sorry, we were you... in Roxy Bar one night. Yes, yes. That's right, because I was helping, you know... DJ, I use the term loose, he was playing tracks <laughs> off his computer, but it was good fun. Uh, and then we, we were chatting about it because yes. I was at the time miserable with my existence here at the radio and looking to move to the States to do the dog training stuff. Yes, yeah, so, so you, t- you how... told me all about it. And then I think you basically put, you got, you spoke to Byron about yeah, yeah. me. And then he reached out to me, said, Would you be interested in working on the radio? I said, Well, look, I really want to get out of the Puget Gazette, to be honest. Yeah. And I remember interviewing John Dykes, whose show I now produce. Uh, about his career prese- progression and what I should do if I wanted to do the same thing. He said, newspapers, radio, TV. TV. I was like, all right, well, I've done newspapers. You know, not to any great shakes. Puget Gazette's not exactly the Times of London, but still, still a start. Newspaper, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, there's an opportunity to go on the radio. Hmm. And I think I'd met you before then, uh, but it would have been around about that time when yeah. everything sort of seemed to come together and solidify amongst the, the three of us. So Byron offered me the job. I was like, yep, get me out of the Puget Gazette and let me start on the radio. And so you went straight in to do the breakfast show? Yep. Yeah. So I did uh, a couple of weeks training. I sort of shadowed Doris, you know, bless, bless him. him. God yeah, bless absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, just Byron said, right, that's it. You're off breakfast show Monday to Friday. And then I want you to do a Saturday sports show as well. I was like, yeah, well, sounds right up my alley. Um, let's go. And here we are. And you'd never done radio, never thought about it. It was just part of the whole media kind of group that you wanted to try radio just to get the progression to TV. Basically, yeah. TV is where you wanted to get to. Absolutely. Um, I don't think any of us had done radio. No. Really? I mean, I mean, well, to, any, to any great shakes, I, I mean, certainly you wanted happened. to go down that particular career path. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I just, you kind of ruined it for the rest of I us, just really. Sort of, yeah, I just sort of fell into it. Yeah, there's a lot of that happens in Phuket. Yeah, there is, train yeah. people that want to actually do this kind of performance, want to get into the media, and then dicks like yeah. you just come in <laughs> with your ginger but, hair. But we're all super talented at it. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can't hold talent back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to go with that yeah, one. Yeah. Um, okay, so then I really want to catch up because there's your story up probably out of Phuket is where I really want to go because we've, we've got you over here and you've made it quite successfully. I, I'm going to say because I, you know, I'm going to give you that within you. the Asia kind of TV and media, especially from the Asia Asia sports situation, you're you're a known person. Um, to, to you've be honest, been on telly. I have been on I, telly. I've been and on not TV. Not on Crime Watch. Uh, not on Crime Watch. Uh, is that a black thing? I don't know. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, only, <laughs> only I can get away with saying that as well. Yeah. So uh, I'll move swiftly on. Yeah. Um, actually, my mum used to say that to my dad all the time when they were watching Crime Watch back in the day. Oh, he doesn't half look like you. <laughs> Didn't go down well, let me tell you that. Um, so yeah, so, uh, oh, we were peaking at that point. <laughs> am, I, am I well known? Definitely not. Some people recognise me, yes, um, which, is, which is weird. But uh, do you do, so? Do you get so? Let's, so tell us exactly what you do right now, and then I'll ask the questions about. Um, so right now you're based in Singapore, working for Fox Sports. Yes, I work for Fox Sports Asia. I currently produce the John Dyke Show, which is a thrice weekly football magazine show. Thrice, three times a week. Thanks. <laughs> uh, hosted by the man John Dykes himself, who's been a you know a, a fixture of Asian football broadcasting for a long time. He went away to work for Premier League TV for about seven years after initially working for ESPN Star Sports, doing Premier League, Champions League and all the rest. And then he's back with us. He's been back in Singapore for this. We're in the third season of the JD show now. So it's basically my job to help pull his ideas together and make it into a half an hour format. And then he goes out and delivers it to, so you, to Asia and the world. So you're more producing than you are now presenting. Yes, and unfortunately, which is not what I want to do. No, and that's what I really want to ask you. Because we talked to... So Dan and I... Um, obviously we've known each other for a long time and I DJ'd at your wedding you did thank you very much you did it was my last phenomenal job can I just say best playlist ever thank you very much (laughs) we were pretty Uh, happy with it apart from um, Steve's choice of one song (laughs) which we talked about on his podcast um, and we won't go in there but Steve has (laughs) no uh, from now on Steve's not allowed to choose any music fair enough ever again yeah that seems reasonable Mm, good Yeah. Um, but it was an amazing playlist by the way Um, but we talked amazingly played as well (laughs) thank you very much Um, you you're, you're, you're more keen to do presenting rather than producing, but you've kind of progressed to the producing side. Now, that I'm sensing is not your doing, but do you feel that you're kind of in... You're, what's the word I'm looking for? Do you enjoy uh, it? Yeah, there you go. I do, um, and it's great to see something you've helped put together sort of come to life yeah. on the screen, and it's always good to have more strings to your bow. You know, I think there's no matter what you do, if you can add it to your repertoire, it's going to make you more employable in the future. Ultimately, I do want to either be a presenter or I want to be a reporter. I love being out there at live sporting events. You know, you get an incredible buzz from it. And it's just great being on the ground. And you get to experience different sports in different countries. And, and that's what, really what I want to do. Uh, but producing is enjoyable. And like I say, it'll, it'll probably make me more employable down the future. So from your move back, you just mentioned about... Because I've, I've listened to a couple of your podcasts. And you've been going... You've been talking about going to Germany and all these places you've been. So just tell us some of the stories. Where's the kind of the most interesting place you've been that you've been sent to from a, for an assignment? For a, uh, oh, I mean, I've, done, I've been very lucky to do quite a few. This year, I started off January with the Asian Cup in the UAE, which was a great experience. We were based out of Abu Dhabi, but also out of Alain, which is somewhere where I never thought I'd ever go. <laughs> uh, Where's Alalin? In, in the United Arab Emirates. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, all, all part of the same country. So, we did. Uh, we also went up to, uh, I think, Sharjah as well, which was, again, somewhere I never thought we'd ever go. I've seen England play cricket there yeah, yeah. on TV, but I never thought I'd end up going there. So, that was the start of the year. I also went to Shanghai to help cover the Formula One for the thousandth ever uh, F1 Grand Prix, which is pretty amazing. I got sent to Austria this year for the Grand Prix too, which was incredible. I went to Austria skiing when I was a kid with school and I've not been since. And it's great to go in the summer and beautiful country and an amazing Grand Prix as well. Do you get flown out there and looked after the whole time? Uh, we have to look after ourselves, but I mean, everything's... Comped. Yeah. Not comped. I mean, I have a company credit card, which I use. Uh, so that takes care of most things. Uh, but yeah, they pay for the flights. They but start you get the hotel. given loads of freebies not, as well. Not really. We get a few bits and bobs. F1 cap kind of stuff. No, they're really expensive. <laughs> yeah. They're really, yeah. really expensive. Like crazy. Like a Mercedes F1 race cap is like $90. Wow. 
It's it's crazy. Is that Sing or US? That's Sing. Insane, though, it's it? not that much dear. It's probably about seventy five US. See merch, mate. That's where the money's Russ. Absolutely. That's where the money's coming. It really is. Canine point caps. Is that what you mean? I was more thinking Jayla Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can put canine on the back. Yeah. Maybe. In very small <laughs> letters. Yeah, on the inside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the inside. Like you own it. Yeah, yeah. But I was, I was lucky, actually. So um, at the Grand Prix, they have what they call a hot lap. So it's not normally for clients and stuff like that. But our reporter on site, Matthew Marsh, who used to be a, a, a driver and based out in Hong Kong, um, he does the hot laps and we take the footage from inside the car and we make up a little package so viewers on TV can get to see what it's like to experience. Yeah. And when you do the hot lap, you get a cap from Pirelli. And they only ever give these out to the guys who do the hot laps and also the winners of the Grand Prix. And because he'd done a few of them, he actually gave his to me when we were in Suzuka last year. So oh, I have sweet. a Pirelli cap. Does it fit your big head? It does. Yeah. Wow. Like when I had hair, I couldn't wear caps or hats <laughs> yeah. of any description. But now I shave the hair off, I can actually wear the cap. So I, And you look good with a shaven head. Thank you very much. Well, Although, I decided to grow it on the bottom of my face yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than the top. <laughs> just turn your head the other way up, you'll be all right. Yeah. Although I didn't have much choice in the not growing on the top because it's receding quite severely. But uh. <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. Um. So you're now, so you've done your TV stuff, and I want to jump onto your podcast because uh, inside the beautiful game. Yes. Now I remember when we was met for your wedding. Yes. We talked about podcasting, and you came up with this amazing idea for a podcast, and I gave you my idea for a podcast, which was just sitting there talking to people, <laughs> which is actually, essentially what mine is yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. But um, so tell us about inside the beautiful game. Well, I, I, I always wanted to do a podcast. Plug it, Dan. Plug <laughs> okay. It. Okay. Let me think. Uh, yeah, I always wanted to do a podcast, and. Like a couple of friends at work, we were keen on the idea of, you know, getting together and discussing football and what's been happening in the news and stuff. But there are so many excellent podcasts out there, like the Football Ramble, mm. Guardian Football Weekly, Totally Football Show. That's absolutely no point. You can't compete with mm. those guys. And True. okay, we're not doing it to compete. But, you know, you do want to get listeners and you do want to establish it. So I thought, right, what's no one really doing? And they're not sitting down and chatting to people about their lives in football. Subsequently, before I actually managed to get mine out, the Football Ramble started doing it. And Jamie Carragher started doing it as well, which is really annoying because <laughs> he's way more successful than I'll ever be. Uh, so put yourself down. Um, I think he wins think this he one. He's got, one <laughs> Champions, he's got a Champions League winner's medal. Yeah, I've okay. not got one yet. Yes, uh, they may yeah, have one. Who knows? Um, but is he a paddy instructor? He might be, but no, probably not. Be. Probably not. I suspect he isn't. I imagine they probably don't allow footballers to do too much scuba diving, actually. Do they not? They don't let them go skiing, do nah, they? No, they, and most sports uh, professional athletes yeah, aren't allowed no, to do... Too. Lewis Hamilton's a rarity, and he's actually allowed to do some fairly dangerous sports mm. because he's Lewis Hamilton, and he wouldn't sign his Mercedes contract without it. So, <laughs> yeah. But when you're a six-time world champion, you can get away with yeah, doing okay. whatever the hell you like. We'll, um, we'll bench that, because I want to move on to ask you about your thoughts on, on well, Lewis Hamilton, but we'll the, come back we'll to that. Because yeah, yeah. I know you two desperately want to talk about sports, <laughs> and I can sit back and make stupid comments. Let's just go back to your beautiful game because I want to know because I actually think they'll oh sorry just kick captain sorry captain um, captain's a dog for those watching in black and white yes I love the idea of you talking to people that are within football that might not be the right might not be in the forefront of football yeah yeah so my idea was I'd talk to anyone who has made a career in football or has some involvement in the game so not just players or ex-players or coaches I wanted to talk to to journalists I want to talk to guys who set up their own podcasts you know guys like the football ramble like the Anfield rap uh to physios photographers whoever it may be uh actually one of the I think one of the third or fourth episodes I did was with a guy from Singapore his name's Hatta Azizi runs a website called Boot Hype yeah and he basically reviews football boots and football kits and he had a corporate life. He got bored of it and decided this is what I want to do. He really loved football boots. So he set up his own website and he came into the studio to do a sit down with, with John 
as part of one of our shows. And I thought, you know what, let's let's have a chat. So we had a half hour chat and I thought, right, there we go. There's a podcast in that. And yeah. I really enjoy, I really well, enjoyed that episode more so from the type of content that you're giving because yeah, it's, okay, it's not easy to get hold of, you know, your Steven Gerrard's or your Jose's to, to sit and have a chat. But even if you had access to all of those, you've heard it before, you've seen it before. It's all, it's the same stuff, just asked in different ways. Whereas what you're doing is going for the people that, you know, that like someone like that that's doing, you know, boot reviews or like having even a, a, a squad player or yeah. someone roundabout associated with the game because you never hear those stories. Yeah, so you'll hear something about something you thought you knew about, but from a different angle and think, wow, that's a, that's a really interesting take. Yeah. And that's what's good about it. Yeah, so I had um, another one. A guy got in touch with me. He was he runs a football academy in Singapore, and he was taking three teenage Singaporeans over to FC Nantes for a football experience. And he wondered, would we be interested in in documenting it on the show? And I said, you know, if you can get the footage and everything, then sure, come in and chat to us. And I did a bit quick search about his background, and it had a sound like it had an interesting career. I said, would would you be interested in recording a podcast episode? He said, yeah, absolutely. So he. It was at Auxerre, during Auxerre's sort of golden period, but he never quite made it into the first team. I think he might have made a couple of appearances, but was generally in the reserves. So it was interesting to talk to someone what it's like from a, the perspective of a struggling footballer, someone yeah. who, you know, worries from contract to contract about are they going to get another one, how to make ends meet. Because, you, you know, you look at footballers and you think, oh, they're all rich, successful, yeah. famous, flash cars, amazing watches, blah, blah. The reality is most footballers aren't like that. And yeah. it'll be interesting, what is the percentage of footballers that are actually at that, level that elite level where they can afford to go and buy the gold watches and the yeah very much yeah i reckon i mean football as a whole from around the world is a very small percentage yeah i really i mean you think of the sheer volume of people that play football professionally it's it's a huge number but the elite is you know still very small i I think it depends on who you are there because you can still be elite in your country which means you'll get really good advertising and sponsorship deals and stuff that's the interesting thing and we'll get once again it's called the beautiful game Inside the Beautiful Game. Inside the Beautiful Game. Um, and it, when's it come out? It comes out every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Yeah. There and it, yeah. The, so the plan is to release it once a week with a different person in, in football or around football. And we've got a few good episodes lined up. Actually, one of the ones I recorded uh, a couple of weeks ago. Sorry, this is... He's professional, you see, Dan, yes. because he's got some already recorded. Yeah. Unlike us idiots who, when I go away next week, we've got nothing for three weeks. But no one knows that. No, so it's we, okay. don't tell anybody. No. But we will, what we'll do is we'll record some shows maybe this week. Yeah. Okay, good. It's call. good that you've kept it secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep it quiet. Uh, so, yeah, so there's a guy, Alex Jurich, uh, who's Singapore international. Well, was a Singapore international. He's a legend in Singapore. And his story is, is one of the generally the mo- most fascinating stories I've ever heard. So he was born in what was then Yugoslavia. Uh, he grew up playing football. He was a goalkeeper to start with, ended up as a striker for Singapore. Uh, his doctor, <laughs> what does that tell as you, you? As you do. Quite. <laughs> yeah. uh, his doctor at the age of 12 told him to take up kayaking to help improve a medical condition. He then became the eighth best kayaker in the world by the age of 17. Wow. He served in the Yugoslav War. Um, he had to escape the country as a refugee. He qualified for the Olympics in Barcelona. The story how he got there alone is worthy of a film. And then mm-hmm. played football in Australia, China, eventually settled in Singapore. And he didn't become a Singapore citizen until he was 37. Made his debut at 37. Shut the front And door. ended up playing for Singapore for another, uh, I think, at least five years. Wow. Uh, and he retired at the age of 44. You know, and he's still based in Singapore now. He does a lot of charity. It's just an incredible person and a really good outlook on life because he's, he's been through some horrible, horrible yeah, things. You know, he lost his mother in the Civil War. And his father never spoke to him again after he represented Bosnia in the Olympic Games. Really, really sad. Honestly, there is a film or a documentary about his life to be made. If he he was American, 
if he was an American citizen, if he'd come from Yugoslavia and become an American, there would be a story, yeah. a film about his life already. But I think you could take from that, Dan, because I still think there's a chance for you then to play for Singapore. <laughs> How long do you have to be there before before or, you get your, you know, citizenship? Equally, What's that? With your production background now, you could produce said film. Well, that's it. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I don't. I, know, I still want to see Dan up front for Singapore. I don't think. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> North Korea. I don't think there's much of a chance of me playing for Singapore, and I won't go into the reasons why. Yeah. And it's. Well, it is mainly because of my lack of footballing ability, but, yeah, but there's another reason as well. Um, yeah, look out for a fella called Jordan Webb and you might you might find the reason there. Okay. But yeah, the story, oh, I'd love to. And Fraser, who used to live here in Phuket, oh, I know, Fraser. who runs, yeah, Fraser yeah. Mott, who runs Far Features. We chatted about it the other day, so you never know. If we yeah. could find someone who'd yeah, give us the backing to it, maybe we could make it. Uh, it it's a story that should be told. It's a I great think. story. Just taking that note, though. That episode's out early January, I think. Oh, wow, God, you're, ter- you're <coughs> yeah, way ahead, ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get the Christmas Crikey. rush out of the way. Um, I mean, you obviously really enjoy what you're doing with the podcast. Yes. Yeah, and, and as Jay and I do sort of as well, technical issues aside. Um, <laughs> I hate so, it. But in terms of, you know, from, uh, from a, a media perspective, for me personally, I love doing this. I love the podcast. I absolutely loved being on the radio. I really enjoyed it. I don't have that much, I mean, not that I'm going down that road anyway, but I don't have that much interest or draw to be on TV. I, I mean, if the if the opportunity came up, I would probably take it. But I probably really, not to be I, fair. Yeah, probably not. But I much prefer. I mean, Dan gets away with it because I mean he's slightly handsome. Yeah, yeah. And he's I'm not, not sure hairy gingers yeah. are allowed. Although you're not so much ginger anymore. Uh, it's working it's with definitely, you. It's definitely graying. Definitely graying. Yeah, yeah. It's spending time with this idiot. Definitely graying. Yeah, yeah. Gone gray. So, so question. I was trying to be kind to you. Would you prefer to be on the TV side, sort of front and center, or the, the radio, the podcasting side? To be honest, not you bothered. I wouldn't really be that bothered. Uh, I would. I mean, I listen to Mark Chapman on yeah, Radio yeah. Five Live. Yeah, he's, and he's absolutely yeah, he's amazing. I think he's one of the best broadcasters out there. He yeah. is phenomenal. And he came from Radio One as a news reporter. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean yeah. that's all he was was the news guy Absol- on Scott Mills' show. Yeah. yeah, and he's he's utterly brilliant, and mm. you can tell the passion he has for his job, and. If I had the opportunity later in life to do something like that, I would more than happily do that. It's not about the TV, like being on TV. It's just, I just want to be involved in sport, but I want to be involved from a presenting point of view rather than a production point of view. That probably speaks volumes about my ego, <laughs> but I'm okay with that, to yeah, be honest. It's about going for what you want to do, right? Yeah. And I've noticed with Chappers... Um, All right, I don't a, know him personally. <clears throat> well, I, well, just, Mr. Chapman, please. <laughs> Chappers, let me give him a call. Um he is doing a fair bit more TV work now. So he has branched and made it, really made it with, with the radio yep. and doing the, the Five Life Sport. And now because, of, I guess, off the back of that, he's doing a lot more TV slots and what have you. So It's like as John said, it's the natural progression yeah, for a lot yeah. of people. I think Gary Lineker, before he went on Match of the Day, yeah. started out on the radio and he was dreadful. And yeah. he was really bad when he started he doing Match of the Day. Really, really, really bad. Yeah. But now look at him. He's, he's a really, really yeah. good but broadcaster. It, it does, you also get people that are on TV that have tried to do radio and have been very bad at radio and it hasn't come across. And, it's, and yeah. it works both ways. It's I mean, interesting some how different... Are, yeah, it's a different genre and it's a different way to do things. And yeah, no, I like the radio stuff, but I also like TV stuff as well. Not that I'd be on either. (laughs) That's why I started the little podcast. Uh, You've got a sponsor for your podcast, which Russell was very excited about (laughs) and wanted me to do some sort of horrible um, comical thing with it, which I haven't, which I might might do it post. Feel free to plug your sponsor because we're we're here. Okay, so a good friend of mine in Singapore, he... he works for Microsoft, but he also has his own company on the side. Oh, so it's a mate. Oh, Oh, we should have done it then. Oh, God. I was trying to be really professional. Wasn't oh sorry, Captain. I keep so he he has a drinks company. 
uh, called a Reaper, and it basically uses natural products from New okay. Zealand that creates. It's uh, it's not like an energy drink, but it's kind of supposed to be invigorating for the brain and, and stimulating for the brain and stuff like it's that. A very so, interesting name. Yes, yeah. it could be said very uh, wrongly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, it's a Reaper. So mm. I, got, I got it wrong when I was recording the little inserts <laughs> to start that would with. Be very good. If no, we, no, we, no. We are sponsored no. by a Reaper. Yeah. <laughs> That would be a completely yeah, different would, show. Yeah, yep. it would not go down very well. Uh, so we, we, so he's very keen to bring it into Southeast Asia. Well, and if he wants to bring it to Phuket, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know a yeah, platform that he could sponsor us. Well, right, there we go. So it's more of a product association rather than necessarily a sponsorship. But so they give me a free boost. Raper. Mate, yes. Oh no, they don't. They give me a boost on their social media platforms, oh. and I basically link it to to my podcast yeah, yeah well, as well that's what, so. i mean look yeah. at the, the thing with everyone start i mean that's why one of the things getting you on on here we'll be cross promoting our or your podcast on ours i mean ours is like i said I mean, we're gonna smash the fuck out of the fox with this when it's done. <laughs> well we haven't got any podcasts so. <laughs> <laughs> smash the fuck out of a fox <laughs> not of a fox but of fox sports this is getting weird yeah <laughs> it's getting very weird um, right, let's move on to right. So, inside the beautiful game comes out on oh, Tuesdays. Whoa, 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 oh, hold on, hold on. Have you I got notes? Fin- You're no. looking at your phone. Have you made notes for this? <laughs> no, I haven't. I just I'm not going to be able to remember inside a beautiful game. So it's on my podcast. Um, oh, for uh, the love! Oh, it's good that you've subscribed. Thanks. Well, there is. Uh, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> have you uh, voted? You, have you voted for him yet? Voted for what? Well, eight. Well, two. Have you voted for Danny? And for have you what, voted what, for us? What am I voting for? It's oh, the, for it's the, the great British podcast, isn't it? And yeah, I know yeah. technically not. British podcast, but I reckon as British Why the people, fuck not? we could just go for it anyway. So yeah. yeah, I sent out a link to a lot of people, put it on Facebook and Twitter. And oh, I haven't like seen that. that. You've been voted for. Have I we? I think that was me. Yeah, <laughs> you voted so for you our own two podcast. votes, yourself and me. And we, yeah, absolutely. You should too. Yeah, absolutely, you should. Hmm. I voted under a different name though, so <laughs> just set up a so bunch they, of new So they didn't know it was me, but they will now. <laughs> I also suspect I won't win. Yeah, uh, but you know, it's it's more promotion, and if it gets you know a few votes coming in and going, oh, what the hell is this? Then yeah. some other people might listen to it. How do you enjoy Singapore? I love Singapore. I honestly thought I would go there for about two years, and then the aim would be to move on. And come January the sixth, I'll have been there eight years. Is it eight years you've been away eight for eight years. Yeah. yeah, and it's flown by. It like, really has. Wow. Earlier this year, I was trying to work out how long. I was convinced it was still about five years. And then I thought, hang on a minute. No, it's 2019. Jesus, I've almost been here eight years. And is there any, um, do you want to go back to the UK and do this kind of stuff in the UK? And obviously not the, the Jailer Shark and Friends podcast, but do you want to go <laughs> back and do the presenting and the producing wherever in the UK? Are you very happy in Asia? I would have done, but the current political situation in the UK. You don't want to go oh, don't start, don't know. So I, just, I just don't want to go anywhere near the place at the moment. Okay. It's, it's just not a... It doesn't look a happy place to live. Oh, uh, look, if I actually did apply for a job at the BBC earlier this year and got nowhere, which is a real shame. I think you've uh, got to be there, haven't you? It definitely helps. Yeah. It really does help. Um, but if a job for the BBC came up or BT Sport or Sky that was just too good to turn down, of course, we'd go back. But ideally, I know. I mean, I really like Asia. I've, you know, I've been here for a long time now and not in any particular rush to leave. Um, you know, the great thing about Singapore is a, brilliant place to live everything's easy everything works i love singapore got a lot of good friends there met my wife there and you know it's a great place to travel from you know i'm here in phuket an hour and a half on a plane (laughs) mad you know and it's and it's affordable to get to and so it's it's not affordable when you're there no god no (laughs) lord no especially not working in the media me, we don't get paid particularly well but uh it's yeah it's a wonderful place to live and i've enjoyed every minute of it no i've always wanted to live in singapore but yeah the cost of living is is one thing that puts me off but just the way for me, 
I mean, obviously with the kids, just the stuff to do there, the the, the smoothness of everything, the cleanliness of everything, yep. the politeness. Very the way safe. Sh- the way shit um, works. Yeah. I mean, it just, yeah. I, um, I Look, Phuket's lovely. <laughs> as I roll my eyes <laughs> with the nice beaches and stuff, but maybe I'm tainted in Phuket. Um, do you two want to start talking about sport now? Well, uh, can do. Can do. Well, fire away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Who's going to win the league? The Premiership? Or the Premier EPL? League. Or do we have, do Premier, Premier League. Premier League. Yeah. <sighs> I don't want to tempt fate, but... No, no, don't, don't go there. You're both, okay, We're so both Liverpool fans. They're both, yeah. they're both so, Liverpool fans for their yeah. sins. We are looking very good at the moment. Yep. Um, but it's just be nice to get a few more clean sheets but yeah it's still the same there's a lot more games to go but if you look at the points tallies that have won the league lately like City had 101 not last season season before they had 98 last season for them to get to a 100 point tally they basically have to win every single game between now and the end of the season Yeah, and Liverpool can afford to drop points in I think five games I think it's two draws and three defeats all the other way around so he's done his research but also look at Leicester right and it's 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 unthinkable, but at the same time, well, they've done it before, so it's, it's, it's yeah, not yeah, that yeah. unthinkable. Yeah. And the beauty for Leicester is they don't have any European football, and uh, exactly, yeah. so they have the basically wonderful weeks. irony. It will basically Rogers is doing again. It, what he the, did with it us. would literally be the worst thing. It, it would be, be the, the most Liverpool yeah. thing in the world for Liverpool to lose the league to Leicester City, managed by Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, and yeah. I fully expect it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I apologise that I started these two off. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm still here. Um, All right, moving on from football, though, quickly. Um, I was going to Hamilton. Yes. So is he going to sign for Mercedes or is he going to fuck off to Ferrari? I really think he'll probably sign for Mercedes. I would be amazed if he went to Ferrari. I mean, Ferrari are ama- the name in motorsport. And, you know, he's, Lewis Hamilton is up there with the greatest that sport has ever seen. And I can see him wanting to drive for Ferrari, to have Ferrari on his CV. And who would blame him? I mean, they are, they are motorsport for a large portion of people. I think he's very smart, Lewis Hamilton. He does all his own contract negotiations, yeah, yeah. which which I didn't know until fairly recently. And I think he's probably using this just to eke a few more quid out of Mercedes and they'd be mad not to pay him. But I think for me, I, I don't know, there's something about Ferrari. I just, having tried to deal with them on a f- professional basis, they're not nice to work with. They are horrible. So I, and until recently, so this year was their new big open start about being open with the media and they uh, they blackballed us at one of the very first races of the season and we we barely got back in after that. So I really hope he doesn't go. And actually, so we had a sit down with Lewis at the Austrian Grand Prix. So our presenter, Michael uh, Matthew Marsh, was, was sitting chatting with him and the first ever race I went to was his first ever Grand Prix in Melbourne, 2007. Oh, cool. And for me, it was amazing to see a black guy driving a Formula One car because it never happened before. Was he the first? He, yeah, he was. And still the only. Yeah. Um, you know, she just, you didn't see people who look like us driving F1 cars. You certainly don't see people who look like me, you know, my size. You I'm, wouldn't fit. No, just def- to say you def- wouldn't def- fit. definitely not. Especially not with the hair. You're more <laughs> of a stock car guy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like those, uh, yeah, arena Essex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, monster truck. That's definitely where I'm going. Um, so I, f- I just felt at the end of the interview, I felt compelled to tell him, say, look, Lewis, I just want to say I was at your first ever race and it was amazing to see someone who represented who I am behind the wheel of an F1 car and I just want to thank you for that. And he was genuine. You could tell he was genuinely touched. And he's like, oh, really, is that true? I said, yeah, it was. He said, look, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much for telling me. So he asked me what my background was, where my heritage was and everything like that. And we, we only had a chat for about a minute or so and actually managed to get it on camera, which is really quite cool, nice. Awesome. I have it for prosperity. Uh, not prosperity. That's the word, wrong word. Whatever I have. I have it for ever. on record. Yep. <clears throat> And uh, yeah, it was, he gets a lot of bad press, Lewis Hamilton. And I think his personality means he has to be very guarded because if he ever lets his true personality out, he gets pelters from well, so many people. And well, I, th- I really feel sorry for him. That's the way w- with any 
sort of top sports person, and especially if you link that with the British press. They, when you're down here, they build you up. You know, oh, look at this new up and coming! And as soon as you're there, they just can't wait to knock you back down. And but isn't just, that with any? It's not just sporting people. That's I know any, it's anyone. It's anybody. anybody in yeah. the British, any British celebrity, they love building up and they love. Well, I don't think it's just British. I think there's a lot of other countries that do the same thing. I guess we see it more because we, 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 we read more the British press. Yeah. So. Um, football's obviously your first love, and then where does it go down from there? I love. Pretty much all sports. Is there a, no? Come on, there must be a sport you don't like. I'm not a big fan of equestrian. Let's put it that way. Girls in joppers. What's wrong with your man? There's also <laughs> men in joppers. Don't, yeah. don't, 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 don't. <laughs> I've been divorced <laughs> now three years. <laughs> I'm At happy to take men <laughs> or girls in joppers, or, or even the horse. Um, <laughs> They're in joppers. <laughs> I'm having them. <laughs> I, I don't get. Well, no, I don't get it. I just. When you mean a question, do you mean the dressage bit or when you're galloping across the fields, jumping over the The whole thing, but if the Olympic Games is on, I'll watch it. I love the Olympic Games. The Olympic Games to me is the greatest thing See, I find ever. the Olympics really boring. Oh, oh, it's, mate, it's amazing. I love the Olympics. And I only realise why I might love the Olympics so much because actually looking through the date of the first ever Olympic Games, it was June the 23rd. 1896 and my birthday is June the 23rd 1896 you're yes, old yes I look particularly good you know what <laughs> they say <laughs> black don't crack <laughs> um, I've said something <laughs> something different anyway yeah, 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 no, yeah. Um, so I, I, I it was always a dream of mine to work the Olympic Games and you went to and, and I got to do I did London 2012 and that was a games to go to it right? was uh, having worked and witnessed the Olympic Games in the city you were born in in your home country it was unbelievable from start to finish it was up until this year and got married, the best experience like of my entire life. He did sleep yeah. that one in. Absolutely. Yeah, it was <laughs> but just... But even the walking race, that's shit. Come on, when you can't move your heels over well, the... No, no, hang on. But so, if it's in the Olympics, I'll watch it. Yeah. But also, here's... Okay, so here's the thing. In terms of Olympic sports, where do you stand on having things like um, football, rugby, golf, maybe tennis in the Olympics? I don't think they should be in because they're not the pinnacle of your sport. Exactly. It, the Olympic Games should be the pinnacle of your sport, which and, and none of those sports are. You know, you could you saw how little interest a lot of the golfers had in Rio 2016 when yeah. they used Zika as an excuse not to go. It wasn't going to affect them in any way, shape or form. They just didn't want to go. Yeah. But I reckon they'll all be in Tokyo because I think they saw it and thought, ha, huh, we're missing out on something here. And golf might not be in the Olympics forever and it, it could end after Tokyo. So it means there might only ever be two Olympic gold medals given out for it. And would as a it, professional golfer, you, you'll want to get your hands on one. Would it be better if they didn't do like 18 hole golf? They just set up the driving range. They target golf. And all you have to do <laughs> is just drive at targets. Yeah. That's much better. To, to be fair, I think it'd be better if they just did crazy golf. To be honest. <laughs> crazy <laughs> crazy golf. Awesome. Yeah. But I, I think the Olympics should be for sports where that would be the pinnacle. So I think squash should be part of the Olympics, yeah. uh, which uh, it still baffles me that it's not. Well, you know? uh, when, I, when you say it should be the pinnacle, so you're saying because there's a world championship golf tournament. But there's whatever, the Masters, there's the, the Open. So that, that's better than the Olympics that, thing. That's winning it, the, rug, the, the Rugby or the Football World Cup. That is. Yeah. Sevens, I think, slightly different. Possibly, I think. But, I mean, the World Sevens tournament is pretty high profile. Although it's not, yeah, but no, isn't I, I, the I, World I, Sevens tournament? Isn't the Sevens tournament just an excuse for people to go to stadiums and get pissed up and watch some guys run around who didn't make it in their own? Yeah, basically fifteen. So, but <laughs> but the, surely that's what it is. No, because there's a lot of skill in, in Sevens oh, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is a lot of skill. But no, it means it's the people in the crowd. People in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> the people in the crowd are just there for a piss up. They oh, absolutely. There are some people who go just to watch rugby, one yeah. or two at least. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's an annual thing, so I can all, I can understand. Yeah, the the, one, the, the four year cycle for the Olympics. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, but things like you know rugby union, football, but basketball. Have... Then should that not because there is, there's got the NBA and that's well, the it. Ninety two dream team, right? Yeah, I mean, 
there is a basketball world championship, but basketball's been part of the Olympic Games for a long time. Yeah. So I think that kind of has a bit of an exemption. And it's and not a mainstream. I, I'm going to get shot. Now, it's not a mainstream sport, basketball. Surely like. it is. To be, in Asia, it, it's massive. It is and it isn't. Did you not? Did you see the fight between the Philippines and Australia basketball? Oh, I didn't see that. But the Philippines, they are mad oh, for their man, basketball. They love it. There was this mass brawl between <laughs> the Philippines. I think it was Philippines it's a and basketball. Australia. But it was. Ah, oh, <laughs> oh, see you done there. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> Russell, distance, Russell. Okay, so there's um. So apart from a question, but yeah, if it's if it's in the Olympics, I'll watch it. Um, not really. I just I really like sport. Um, I'm not a huge MotoGP fan, but I'll sit and watch if it's on. If there's nothing I else on. I tried to get into it. But it's actually genuinely really exciting. It's much better. It, it is more exciting than F1. It's more exciting because more shit happens. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that there's people sliding off and all. I, it, I've got a lot more respect for those guys. Uh, th- I, I mean, those guys, seriously, they take it to the limit every single time. It's, they are amazing. Obscene. Rallycross was my thing. I used to go and watch. I used oh, to love Rallycross back yeah. in the day yeah. on TV on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> I miss Grandstand. They should bring Grandstand oh, back. Grandstand, even, yeah. even though the BBC basically have Tiddlywinks and uh, you know dwarf throwing as their sports rights now. There's another a bit of dwarf throwing. <laughs> well, dwarf the, throwing was in the Olympics. Ask, the, ask the England rugby team yeah, about just, 2011. <laughs> they, they loved a bit of dwarf throwing. In fact, throwing. I'm not sure out of you two who would win that because you're quite strong, Russell, and what? Dan's got a bit of girth behind him. Um, <laughs> well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say any more about that. Well, you know, find you know, out. You know what they say. Yeah. Um, so if you happen to be a dwarf and, and you, you don't want mind being round. tossed off, <laughs> come and be tossed off by Dan and Russell. It'll be a day you'll never forget. Yeah, <laughs> um, live long. I have memory. no idea how long we've been recording for, and I don't really care because it's. I'm very. I'm having a great time. Yeah, yeah. no, I am. Let's Sorry, keep, going. keep going. Hurrah! Um, I want to ask you uh, wrestling, as in, as in WWE. Yes. What's your thoughts about that? I used to love it as a kid. But not anymore. all the time. Then, then I grew up. <laughs> yeah, largely. Yeah, um, because the reason I'm asking is I applied for a job once that was based in Singapore. To, to be a wrestler. No, not to be a wrestler. I'd love to be a wrestler. I, I would pay what, good. What would be your name? Oh, that's Ooh, a great that's a question. Oh, Danny. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'd probably just go for Jada Shark because I just... Because no, no, no. you know, I've made that the brand shark now. edge or something. You've, yeah. got, you've got a twist. But the it thing somehow. is, there was a shark back in the day, and he was uh, he was called Shark Boy, and he was, was comedy, <laughs> that he was, is a terrible, yeah, terrible name he for was a wrestler. A terrible character as well. And it was a terrible gimmick. Um, I'm not sure. You've got that's a good question. And would you be a good guy or would you be no, is it, uh, no I'd is be a heel. A heel. I'd yeah. definitely be a heel. And it was funny when I did my Muay Thai fight um, for charity uh, for Black Tie Muay Thai. I actually did the whole thing. I was I came in and said. I'm going to be the heel character. And I did the whole walk in. The whole thing was about being a heel. So I was a bad guy. And this young, handsome Brazilian guy called Leo, I wanted him to be the good guy. And I wanted him to win, um, which he did because he took my fucking ass. He's ridiculous. I really wanted you to win. So this is really convenient for me. Yeah, it's convenient <laughs> that you are so much better than me. So much this better. This actually for me. works. Um, no, I'd be a, I want to be a heel character. But I want to be a traditional heel because I don't want to be a cool kind of. I liked Hill. Yeah, I want to be, be real, yeah, everyone I, hates me. I want to be everyone hates me. I want everyone to dislike me. No, it's very easy to <laughs> yeah. do. And I use it a lot when I do my MC and it doesn't go down very well, <laughs> to be honest. People don't really get it. Uh, no, I, but no, I applied for a job in Singapore for the WWE at the time, where they still are, um, to put on the events there, but I didn't speak Mandarin or Cantonese or one of the two. So one detail. Yeah, yeah it might know, hold you back a little, a bit, little in bit Singapore. And that probably wasn't beautiful. No, it would just be the language thing. <laughs> um, let's get into your bucket list. Ah, oh, so many things. So many things. Well, Actually, we saw I, I, I made your, a list. Yeah, Russell, you've got, you got making a list. I made a list. Checking it, it twice. twice. <laughs> <laughs> have, you t- have you two been naughty or nice? <laughs> oh, I, think I, know, I think I know the answer to that oh, question. Oh, he's really got a list. Oh, no, I did. So oh, well, Jesus. Jesus. well, no, because 
you, when you asked me, I, I started thinking about it. the only question that we've got. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's the only prep I had to <laughs> the do. The one thing is, we've prepped yeah. with. How little do you have to prep? My God. Little. Yeah, there's lots of things. Oh, no, honestly, I want to do a lot of things. No, oh, go for it. Go for it. Should Let's we start a new it. podcast? <laughs> Actually, well, this could be our backup podcast while you're away. Daniel's bucket list. Do I need to put some background music on? Post edit. You might have to, to be honest. So I broke it down to a couple of categories or three categories. So sporting one. He's put some effort into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mess around. When I do something, you know. All right, before we get into this, because this is going to take some time, would you like another cup of tea? It probably won't take that long. Okay. So obviously, the obvious choices for sporting bucket list: FIFA World Cup. Which World Cup? Where would you like to go? Is there any, or it doesn't matter? It doesn't really matter. I'm really annoyed at myself that I didn't go to Brazil in 2014 because I think if there's anywhere you want to go to a World Cup, it's going to be Brazil. So, would you be or Germany, to, Germany as well? Would Would Fox be able to get you, or is this kind of a personal thing? You this would be personal. I did do the Euros in France in 2016, which was weird because we didn't have any rides, uh, but I was sent there anyway for six weeks, and it was awesome. I had a wonderful time. We didn't couldn't even get to any games from a professional point of right. view so we basically did it just speaking to journalists and fans around the games uh, but it was still an amazing experience so yeah working one would be good too okay. um, and there's obviously things like Champions League final um, what else we've got Wimbledon uh, go to the Copper America what Wimbledon uh, AFC Wimbledon or yeah. <laughs> Milton Keynes now uh, ooh, I wouldn't go to, wouldn't uh, go to uh, MK Dons um, um, sorry on Wimbledon uh, what about Roland Garros I've been Oh, have you? Yeah. Oh, fuck you then. <laughs> that was on your bucket yeah, list. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'd love to go to Rolling Garros. Oh, yeah, I went, we, we went oh, into... He can, he can fuck me over twice because he did 2003 Rugby World Cup. Yeah, went, well. went into... And Ashes. He's done a lot. I've, yeah. done, I've done the Ashes in Australia three times, I think. Three times, Russell. Wow. I've seen, yeah, I've, I've seen two absolute floggings, yeah. but I, I was there in 2010-11 when we won 3-1. Happy days. And I was on the day, I was there day four in Sydney when Mitchell Johnson walked out and the Barmy Army serenaded him to the wicket. He bowls the left, <laughs> he bowls to the right. right. He hey, puffed cool. his chest out and said, right, I'm going to show you lads, I'm going to score some runs. Chris Chemlett walked back to his mark, comes charging in, splatters his stumps absolutely everywhere. Mitchell Johnson's head slumps <laughs> to his chest and the Barmy <laughs> Army serenade him all the way back to the pavilion. It was brilliant. It was an amazing, that's one of my favourite sporting memories. Yeah. Um, on that, yeah, going to Cup America in, in South America would be something truly amazing because they love their football well, and they are... You were talking about that, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, no, that's I really wanted to go and see um, uh, River, River Plate, Plate versus... Bocca. Um, Bocca Juniors. Yeah, because I, I think I, I struggle with my bucket list and, and one of mine was always... I. Part of me wants to go and see the big derbies of each country. Yeah. Although the Argentina and Brazil are the same country, but the big derbies of football within the regions. And but then I also I have a problem which I hate crowds, <laughs> and I hate people. Yeah, maybe so things out for not you. particularly bothered about football. I listen, actually, it was interesting because I, I listened back to your last podcast with um, what's his fame for the ramble. I can't remember his name. Andy Brassel. Yes. And he was mentioning about Galatasaray and Fenerbahce. Yeah. And I've actually been to the Fenerbahce oh, wow, Stadium nice. for a Champions League game. And he is right. Although he was talking about Galatasaray, the, the sound in the stadium is just unbelievable. Yep. Unbelievable. And we got there. You, you were there three hours before the game even kicked off, sat in the stadium. Amazing. Behind the goals with the Fenerbahce fans. It was, um, yeah, one of the most craziest experiences of my life. And then they do this thing where they all just jump up and down and the whole stadium just looks like it's moving. It's moving. Mm. Unbelievable. Anyway, so that was yeah. No, that I think the Boca Juniors or the um, the Copper, yeah, Copper America. Yeah, that'd be. <laughs> so yes, doing. I mean things like that. Are just their experiences that you'll they'll stay with you forever. Yeah. And that's that's what I want to do. I love sport, as I've said, and there are so many sporting events out there that I just desperately want to go to. Super Bowl, obviously, yeah, I'm not a huge NFL fan, but 
I, I got into it have working. Have you been to a live NFL game? I haven't, and I'd, I'd like to go to that as well. Yeah, I saw the Redskins, Redskins play when I was when I lived in the States, when oh, I was 13. So, uh, yeah, I'd love, love to go see an NFL oh, game. Sorry, I went to see a baseball game as well. That's the most boring thing in the world to go. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't like watching cricket, but baseball, oh my baseball, God. Baseball's a really weird sport in yeah. that for the regular season, it's generally pretty dull. And as soon as the playoffs come around, the it games are gear. amazing. And yeah. I don't understand how... Okay, obviously the teams that get to the latter stage of the playoffs are the best teams. Yeah. But the quality of the game is absolutely amazing. And we, we show baseball at work. So every morning, you know, when the players are on, we come into work, stick it on the TV and watch it. And we've seen some crazy, crazy games. When it comes to baseball, I'm a glory hunter. I, I, I wait for the playoffs. Yeah, uh, the, the playoffs are superb. Uh, I'd love to go to the NBA Finals. Uh, I'm a huge basketball fan. I know you don't like it at all, no. but I absolutely <laughs> love it. Uh, I, love I, I get, the, I get the attraction with basketball. It's just it's not my... I think it's an amazing sport and what those guys do incredible and it's just amazing you watch them on TV and they all look the same size because they're all so massive and you actually see them in person yeah, 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 some big exactly. lads yeah 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 <laughs> um, yeah Wimbledon see the tennis I'm, I'm lucky I've been to the other three Grand Slams okay uh, went to the Aussie Open 2004 I actually went back so in 2005 Slam. yeah did the French in 2016 and was actually technically haven't done Flushing Meadows because it was the pre-US Open tournament but they yeah, open the okay. whole thing up for fans and you can go down for free. And it's really okay. good to see that exhibition matches. We saw Djokovic practice. We saw Federer practice. Oh, cool. All for nothing. It was fantastic. Uh, so that was really good. Tennis. Oh, I love tennis. not into tennis at all. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm not a massive fan, but I, do, I really like watching the slams. And, you know, you, a good tennis match is, is hard to beat sometimes. Like the, the, the epics between Federer, Djokovic, Djokovic, Nadal, Federer, Murray Nadal, as well. Yeah, they're just some... In, 2008, Becker, 2008 yeah, final. Yeah, yeah. They are unbelievable and how these guys can push themselves for five hours at that level is just remarkable did you um, what about snooker I watched oh, snooker I actually went snooker. to the crucible when I was at Sheffield in, uh, Union yeah. in Sheffield um, so we went down we saw Peter Ebden who actually went on to win the title that year yeah. and we saw Stephen Hendry as well so who's still rated as the greatest snooker player of all time so is pretty really? lucky yeah well he's won more world championships more, than anyone yeah, else he's still so. got se- seven I think he has I love darts yeah. I'd love to go to darts at Ali Pali that is definitely up there on my so bucket I've list I've got no interest really in darts as a sport I would love to go to the Ali Pali yeah. for it I really like playing darts so uh, you know it was alright too yeah. but yeah I'd love to go to Ali Pali um, yeah sport would be huge on my list of bucket list options but there's a lot of travel Lions I love yeah, traveling no, as well Before, not, sorry, oh, just, have, you, have you done a Lions tour yes Which yeah one? I did 2013 cool. in okay. Australia that was epic yeah I'm absolutely epic. South Africa yeah me too so I turned 40 in 2021 and annoyingly isn't he yeah <laughs> yeah I am uh, didn't age well though did he <laughs> no it's fair he had a hard paper <laughs> I did actually working it's in a milk round wasn't it <laughs> I had that as well yeah. Um, so yeah the, the first test always used to be around my birthday and they've moved the tour back now which is really annoying <laughs> but I still think I'll go anyway because a few friends of mine who are turning 40 in 2021 they want to do the same thing so I think we we're just going to plan together and do something down there and obviously there's so much to South Africa which is a bucket list country of mine because you know, you've got the you've got Table Mountain you've got Cape Town Joburg you've got the 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 safari you've got the vineyards you've got the beaches yeah, yeah. you've got diving with great white sharks yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just so much there you can do yeah. and so yeah so no, africa we, we need to we need to talk off air about all this <laughs> absolutely but i mean travel galapagos desperately want to go as a scuba diver yeah, there can yeah, be nowhere better really in the world to go in the galapagos when, when did you last go diving out of interest um I imagine much oh in the maldives when i was on my honeymoon all oh, right okay yeah so one. yeah i don't get to do it anywhere near as much as i'd like which is a real shame should do more diving but this Mate, year i mean diving years I've had a good dive for about three years. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something, but uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll move on. Um, so yeah, Galapagos, Cocos Islands for the same thing. 
uh, great shark sort of territory. South America. I desperately want to go to South America. Uh, I just think it's an amazing country from the looking from the outside in. Uh, you hear so many great stories. Mexico, yeah, just on the borders. Lovely place. I've been <laughs> to Mexico. Really enjoyed it. Um, I've been to Nicaragua in Central America, which was awesome. Friends of mine got married there. I did their wedding there. It was superb. Oh, cool. um, but yeah, South America really appears. The idea of just going to Argentina, just getting a good red steak. wine, a steak. Oh, and just, uh, and yeah, that, go, going to the Bombonera to watch Boca or going to see River Plate. Uh, just be just be awesome. Yeah. And there's so many places around the world I haven't seen, obviously, because it's a huge, huge planet. Um <laughs> So many options, not enough time, nowhere near enough money. Canada, doing a road trip across America, going to India. Uh, we were thinking of actually doing Tonga for our honeymoon uh, and doing the humpback whale swim, but I never got round to organizing it in time, which is a real shame. So that is definitely on the list as well That's at some point. Cool. From a professional point of view, what I really want to do is document uh, a, like a continent, but go around doing experiencing football from a fan perspective, but also food culture as well that exists around football so you know growing up in the uk ah, we have pies and we have yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, 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 yeah. and bovril but in every country they're going to have their own different food culture serve at the, yeah yeah because no, when i went to see Fenerbahce play it was um sunflower seeds yeah which and is really weird the whole place was just and at the end there was just piles of sunflower seeds which they do in spain as well it's, it's quite common i think in in european football that yeah they just, just mountains yeah, and mountains yeah, of sunflowers and you got spain they have the bocadillos the sound basically everyone takes a sandwich to the football at halftime you or well, the stadium just reverberates to the sound of silver foil and being unwrapped <laughs> as everyone piles into the sandwich uh, well, they're heroin addicts yeah, yeah, possibly yeah, never know i mean yeah. eighty thousand heroin addicts why not? Would be, awesome. a, would, would be an interesting place. <laughs> it, would be. it would explain why sometimes the football stadiums are a little quiet. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, you go to Germany where, you know, you've got your pretzels and your beer. You can take beer into the stadium, which you can't do. And you can watching football in Germany is an amazing thing. But to, to bring all that together in a documentary, because I was a massive fan of Anthony Bourdain. May he rest in peace. Yeah, and yeah. What a sad loss to the world he was. And his Parts Unknown series is, is one of the best TV series out there. And I would love to do something like that because I love food, as you can probably tell, looking at me. It doesn't work well he on radio, but yeah. And so, yeah, if I could well, combine do, you, travel, so you, food and sport in one TV show, if someone out there wants to give me the money to make that, I'd be really, really grateful. You do cook a lot. You do post a lot of your lovely pictures of your food. I and do. I, I it's do. mainly as a counterpoint to Tash and her dog pictures. And yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of love it because there's not a vegan inside. No, Lord, no. And I love it. And I absolutely appreciate everything you do with those food pictures. I, I might not like them all the time, but I tell you what, they are loved yeah. all the time. I, I love cooking. I really do. It's I find it pretty therapeutic. I like entertaining for people. Uh, we had a few friends come over for uh, sort of late Thanksgiving, early Christmas lunch because they're not going to be in, in Singapore for Christmas. So it was um, Anya, myself, and two other couples, friends of ours. And we did, yeah, we did turkey, we did all the trimmings wow. and everything like that. And they, one of the, one of the couples brought ham, one brought dessert, and we just sat around and had a really nice sort of late sort of Sunday lunch, and it was brilliant. And I just, I just really like cooking. I like doing Thai, I'll, you know, whatever. I'll try and turn my hand to anything. And you know, people say, "Ah, oh, do you do it?" I just follow the recipe. It just seems yeah. to work out pretty yeah. well. Yeah, and no, I love the idea of that of you going around the world, looking at the different foods that they're serving out inside the stadium outside the stadiums oh, i think that's a great idea and just you know really what do. people do before games you know in, in the uk people go to the pub yeah, they'll yeah. have a few beers and they'll chat nonsense yeah. blah blah and i assume it's probably the same in most places around the world because alcohol and sport generally go together pretty well but not all countries have an alcohol culture in malaysia indonesia for example you know muslim countries mm -hmm. perhaps not so much drink there will be some but 
considerably less. So what do they do before the game? You know, what's their experience? Actually, Indonesia... Because they're pretty strict routines for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. But there there will be similarities, but there'll be big differences as well. And I think that'd be amazing to document. I'd also love to do a documentary on Indonesian football in in general, because that's mad. I mean, those guys are mad. They're insane when it comes to football. And I think that's a story that really needs to be told. I remember I was sent over to cover Liverpool's pre-season trip to Jakarta. And... We got, I was in the press conference room and this is, I think the season after Brendan Rodgers had taken over, this is the season we almost won the league. Uh, and he walked in and the, the flashlights just went off and he's a Premier League manager and he's, even his eyes went wide and he looked at me and, and he's like, and I was like, yep, welcome to Asia. And then the, later that day, they had an open training session and 50,000 people turned up. Holy crap. 50,000 yeah. people with flares, banners, singing You'll Never Walk Alone. And all the players were like, Jesus, this is just a, this is a, this is a training but session. Yeah. What's going on? Is this is that level of excitement just because they don't see, you know, they've got a chance? No. Or is that just, is that across the board? You go see some of the league games. I mean, there's, there's, people get seriously hurt at a lot of Indonesian football matches. There is a level of insanity there that exists in very few places around the world when it comes to football. But I think to be able to tell the story of it would be incredible. And it's such a big, big country and it's so diverse and people with different backgrounds. I think it would be amazing to document that. And again, that's something I spoke to Fraser about. Just be nice to have the time and money, just be able to immerse ourselves in it and just bring that to life. Because I think if people saw that, they'd go, Oh, I want to experience some of that. So, but you would then have to go and present this to someone who is a production company who would then... Or who would I, you, who, who I think would we could... Who would give that to to try to get the funding to do it? That's the difficult thing. We'd have to go with a plan and explain how everything, yeah. what we were going to do. Like, if in an so, ideal world, I could do it with, with Fox. But, you know, we don't have the resources or they've got, you know, necessarily the, the manpower to be able to spare people for X amount of time to go off and do this. You know, if ever came into money then brilliant. This is what I'd love to do. I'd love to, I like telling stories and as does Fraser and he's got a brilliant eye for these things as well. So who, who supports these kind of things and if you wanted to do that, so if there's an independent person, you want to go and do this independent, is it a case of you getting sponsorship yourself? Basically, you could approach something like Netflix or Mm. Hulu or HBO or something like that. The chance of them agreeing would probably be quite small but you know, if you've got a good enough story, yeah, if you've got a good enough story and you can do it and you have the people on the ground who can help you, then maybe there's a chance that they would. Um, so, yeah, I, I like telling stories and I just like these experiences and I desperately want to do that at some point in my life. And another idea I had, because I think Bali FC are probably the world's most desirable football club to play for if you're a footballer of a certain level because who wouldn't want to live in Bali yeah. and play football? And they just recently won the Indonesian league. Oh, wow. Um, and what a great place it would be to live. And just to do a year with them, just see what it's like, just to, to play for Bali FC would be amazing. <laughs> and that's that's another thing. I have lots of ideas <laughs> Uh, but yeah, whether any of them will come to fruition, I don't know. At the moment, creatively not, a little stifled. I got asked to, um, Mark Lightfoot, who's a friend of mine, and I got asked to play for Phuket FC back in the day. Huh. When they first got into the, I think it was the second division in the Thai second division. It was. Yeah, they I, asked, fo- I formed the uh, the, fran- the fan club. Oh, there you go. One of the fan clubs. Yeah. I was, um, yeah, Mark Lightfoot, and I was asked to go and play for them. I remember Why that. Um, who was Who was the goalkeeper at... Um, the in one of the international schools, he actually was a ex-professional goalkeeper, head of their sports department. Martin Martin Ware. 
So he almost ended up playing for them as well. Yeah, we were point. asked, but then we were told that we'd have to train every day at five o'clock. We both had real jobs. Yeah. You know? It was a case, I think we had to train all the way down south. Their training was right down by the... Stitch along, it's on the way down yeah, there. Yeah, and then yeah. both of us just said, yeah, oh, I just couldn't be bothered. To fit. It wasn't, we weren't going to get paid or anything. They just yeah. wanted two white guys on there to try <laughs> to kick the ball around. But, but that, that was nice to be asked. But yeah, that was amazing that. being there at the start, the birth of a football club. Yeah. You know, that, how many people can actually say they were there when a football club was formed? And it was... So James Goido used to work for the Gazette as well as one of the freelance writer and covered a lot of sport for them. Um, we said, all right, come on, we need to get, you know, some of the people behind this because obviously the ties would get Thai support, but, you know, there's a lot of expats living in Singapore, in Phuket, like in Singapore as well. Yeah. But, you know, people here like football. This mm. is a great opportunity to go watch football. So we need to try and get people involved. So, we you know, we set up the Phuket FC fan club. I think the South Sea Kirins or FC or whatever the hell we called ourselves. I can't remember now. Uh, and yes, yeah, started to get more and more people come in, and yeah, you could see with every passing week, especially in the second season when they actually got some decent players and were actually all right at football. More <laughs> and more Western people would turn up, and the ties obviously were coming in increasing numbers as well. And it was fifty baht to go oh, watch a game, yes. and you could take your own beer in. You could take your own cans of beer. It was amazing. <laughs> I I absolutely loved being part of that. And then there was another supporters club that formed. Uh, that I think they called themselves the Mushy Peas. That was based <laughs> down in. Uh, in Chilong because the kit they were, they wore a green kit so they became mushy peas and actually became good friends with a girl I think she's she, she lives in Korea at the moment uh, Kazira who was in Phuket was from Phuket and she's helped me translate for a load of Thai footballers over the years so if I ever go on assignment and there's a Thai footballer that, that needs to be interviewed or we go to Thailand she's always with me as my translator so Sweet. you know good things have come as a result of that as well and yeah it was brilliant just being there at the start of a football club if not on a playing side would you venture into management Management we're being hypothetical but but management of a football team yeah I I would all like to to have a to to be honest I don't think anyone would want me to be football team again this is it's hypothetical that any of us would ever play I'd I'd love to give it a go I I don't think I enjoy football from a from an aesthetic point of yeah. view, I'm not really massively into tactics. I'll watch it and I appreciate it, but I'm not someone like Michael Cox or Jonathan Wilson who, you know, go into these things in great detail. Or Adrian Clark, who actually interviewed for the podcast to be coming out a little bit later on. Who's a lovely, lovely fella and, uh, you know, perhaps didn't have the professional career that he would have wanted, but was at Arsenal at the time when Arsene Wenger first came in and he trained with Dennis Burkham, but he's big into his tactical analysis and stuff yeah. as well. Um, yeah, it just doesn't appeal to me that much. I just like watching football. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, can, I can appreciate a you know, well-set-up team and how they do things. But, yeah, I'd just rather watch some really nice goals. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to have to wrap it up, I'm afraid. Well, before we do that... You're going to ask your question? I well, just because... He has a question? I do. This is the first question. Oh, okay. Go on. Why change the habit of a life? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, very true. Do you believe... In a thing called love? Flat? <laughs> Good one. I do not believe the earth is flat. Shit. And I can't believe in 2019 there are people that genuinely... There is an excellent documentary on Netflix. Uh, I forget the name of it because it was was that engrossing. Is it called The Globe by any chance? It probably is. No, but it's a documentary about the flat earth movement. um, And the documentary makers... Surely the flat earth wouldn't move. Yeah. (laughs) The globe moves. Being attacked by... So, Thanks. Wind. And the documentary just follows the the, the oh, I forget the, the name of the guy that runs it. it it's Steve. Just, it's a, you've got to watch it. Yeah, I, I'm just for sure. the sheer shits and giggles. And they're trying to set up all these weird and wonderful experiments to prove how the Earth is flat. And it's just the thing that gets me is more and more people are buying into this. That's the point. And this, uh, 
generally, this is a really scary point in human existence because never have we had more access to information and we should be smarter than ever. Yeah. But I think we're currently living what I call the age of ignorance. Yeah. The human race seems to be mind-bogglingly stupid at What's the moment. Um, so, you've, uh, so you've got flat earthers. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. You've got flat earthers. You've got anti-vaxxers. Like, and this is all spreads because of social Vegans. media. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mentalists. Beagle ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all spreading because of social media and stuff like that. Yeah. But I guess at the same time when we've never had access to more information, we've never had access to more wrong information as well. Yeah, yeah. And what is it they yeah, say? The, the, a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth's even got out of bed or something like that. And yeah. I think that's a worrying time. But yeah, my favorite thing about the Flat Earthers is I think it was a tweet or a Facebook message said the Flat Earth Society has members all around the globe, yeah. which is <laughs> just amazing. Good on you, lads. Good on you. I saw that but then well. you've got people like Kyrie Irving, the NBA player, Shaquille O'Neal, coming out and saying, yeah, they believe the Earth is flat. We talked about that last week. What is that? wrong with you people? And Kyrie's stint since walked back on that. And I mean, so, just some of these high-profile people, are they doing it just against their own social media, their own name, a bit of a... But they don't need it. I know that. Yeah. Okay. So but why well, be associated with stupidity? Because I, for whatever reason, right? There's, you know, there's no such Russell's thing as bad doing PR, a podcast right? with me, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. So. Good point. Well made. There's no such and thing vice as, versa. You yeah. can argue there's no <laughs> such thing as bad PR. You could also, you know, why is Hamilton sort of fucking around with his contract? He's got enough money in the bank. He could be paid nothing for the rest of his life yeah. and be absolutely fine. But, but if you're good at something, and, why do it for free? Exactly. So with these people who are, they are in the limelight because of their professionals, but. You know, read about them every day. So I'll say something ridiculous on Twitter. That's going to trend. My profile grows. Yeah, my branding possibly. grows. Yeah. But again, these are high profile people who don't need the money for that. I understand if they, they were some bored. sort of Z-list celebrities, perhaps. Like the Flat Earth Society isn't going to harm anyone. People are stupid. There was that guy who tried to launch a rocket into orbit and failed miserably. But I think it was all right. The The anti-vaxxers, that, that's a problem. And you yeah, got yeah. people like... Uh, Jenny McCarthy yeah, and true. Jim Core or whatever his name is all saying you know vaccines cause autism it's, it's, it really doesn't and you're now creating an environment where people aren't getting vaccinated yeah. and people are, and, co- co- yeah. and polio has come back I yeah. mean we managed to get rid of polio which is an amazing human achievement and it's back because of some fucking idiots shit sport though to be fair yeah <laughs> Actually, you, you say that. So my friend of mine set up uh, Urban Polo in Singapore. Urban Polo. Urban Polo. So it's all done. All, or horses. Uh, horses. So it's all done within Singapore. But I didn't actually make it last year. But all our friends who went said it was an utterly phenomenal event. And uh, if I get the chance to go this year, I think I'll go. Because it's just urban. Are they like playing polo down Orchard Road? No, <laughs> that would exactly. Be amazing. And, I mean, that would be a sight <laughs> that's worth what I, seeing. That's what's in my head. Yeah. And the horses <laughs> doing like parkour as they're running around. <laughs> He might add this in next year. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it, sound, it sounded like it was a phenomenal event. So I think it's done. I can't remember where in, in Singapore it's done, but it, it, it was really well received. And I think it would be an amazing, even better event this year. And I'm looking forward to going. So uh, polio, less a good sport. Urban polo, perhaps very good. Yeah. <laughs> right. On that note, uh, inside the beautiful game, Danny O comes out every Tuesday. Every Tuesday around about, well, I think it's 5 p.m. Singapore time. So that'll be 4 p.m. here and about 8 a.m. UK. Jesus. It's very precise. Uh, I basically said it so it comes out so people or nine that's nine, nine a.m. UK yeah. so people can basically get out for commute either to work oh, or, or after work. I just put mine up once I get when into you can the office and yeah. don't to do it. Um, okay, thank you very much. You can get your Inside the Beautiful Game on all your um, providers. Obviously, subscribe, like it, tick the boxes. Yeah, five star review, five star shit. review, leave a five star rating, leave us a review if you please, and I hope you enjoy it. And yeah, I'll just continue to. Let's say even if it doesn't 
get many listens. I'll still keep doing it because it's enjoyable. It's a personal it's project and I enjoy it and it allows me to be a bit creative. Well, we listen and we like it. So, Daniel, thank you for being on our show. Cheers, buddy. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've Good enjoyed every single second. We, we could have gone on for about another two hours, I reckon, but I think all of us have got something to do yeah. right now. Um, right, Evan, I'm here for a weekend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just keep talking when you guys have gone. <laughs> well, you can do the outro bit if you want. Actually, yeah. Uh, good point. We'll let Dan do the outro bit. So, are we going to do a, you know, thanks very much, sign off, pause, music, yeah. So, Jay. That's what I was about to do, but you kind of interrupted. <laughs> so I'm going to say thank you, Dan. Dan says thank you. <coughs> thank you. There you go. Sorry. Uh, you're welcome, Dan. Thanks again. Thank you, Russell. Now, now you say thank you. Thank you. And now I'm going to leave the space. And we cue the music. Oh, sorry. I spoke then. <laughs> Fucking hell. And he's a professional one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. Now we leave a gap. So that's the podcast. So that was the podcast. That was good. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Dan's still here. Yeah. I am still here. This is going to be a bit awkward, do you not think? Because this is usually the part of the podcast where, where you slag off the person who's well, just been on. We're just talking about the person <laughs> we've interviewed. Uh, and I, by this point, they've usually fucked off. No, um, I thought the the interview with Dan was probably up in our top fourteen oh, good. podcasts. Uh, and this this is a fourteenth, isn't it? Maybe, Absolutely. Maybe, yep. maybe broke into the top. No, 12. I enjoyed. Look, listen, I mean, look, you're still here. Um, it was he, cool. It's, it's a to be podcast fair, extra. You wouldn't look as good it's in podcast, cowboy boots yeah, and a, podcast and a extra. cowboy hat. Um, no, we. You don't know. You've not seen me wear that. Trust me for for his personal benefit on this one um yeah we basically it was good i enjoyed it i enjoyed the podcast i i love dan i haven't seen dan for uh, since his wedding so it was always good to catch up with him um inside a beautiful game download it we've discussed subscribe that. it no but this is the outro some people might not have heard it this is the outro bit i'm just so well, like just ignore the entirety of the podcast I just mean, to listen I, to us talk about what we've just talked about i think so fair enough oh, i mean it's like the it's highlights good, yeah yeah it's a very good podcast inside the beautiful game I'm i subscribed glad. i've liked it Thank i voted much. for it on the and you've left a review as well. I've seen it. I left a review as yeah, well. Yeah, did go, on uh, on Apple Podcasts, which I appreciate. Happy days. Um, what are you tapping away for? Uh, I was writing a message to somebody. That that's just poor form. It was poor form. Uh, but no, thank you, Dan, for coming in. No, thank you for having here, me. I'm um, on the outro. Um, Russell, Jay, um, we've got a few things to. We're not sure what we're going to do for the next three weeks, four weeks. Well, we're going to have a load of podcasts readily available to download as per normal. Okay. <laughs> you said that with a lot of confidence yeah. I've got a lot of work to do this week <laughs> yeah, uh, if easy. you like our show it's Jay the Shark and Friends on Facebook go and uh, like it on there we're on Twitter under Phuket Podcast and we are on Instagram even though I've not put one picture up yet um, <laughs> and that I believe is Jay the Shark and Friends and Russell so you've kept a nice and uniform no which, not at which all which makes it easy not at all that's, that's a, that was a good yeah, idea who cares yep. um, I have yeah. actually though this one thing I have done is I've set up a Facebook group, nice. which I'm now trying to amalgamate and move the people from the page over to the group because groups get a lot more engagement and a lot more... Um, yeah, I was talking to someone else about uh, that. Oh, okay. What's the word? I think I do that as well. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, yeah. pages don't get shown up as much now. So you want to have a group, but you can't... Bloody, bloody Facebook. You can't, cha- yeah, no, you can't change your page to a group. No, you, you can't yeah, link them. But you have to, well, you can link them, but then you have to hopefully people come over to the group. Anyway, yeah. we've done that. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure what's going to happen. Are you looking forward to your holiday? I'm looking forward to my holiday, actually, yeah. I haven't planned, for, well, I have planned for it. I've got a pack. Back to Blighty. Back to England. Three weeks in England. Nice. Uh, I'm leaving a big dog at my house, so don't go and rob it. If anyone's in Phuket, I've got a big dog. And, uh, but oh, is do, that not your nickname for Russell? No. <laughs> he's little chihuahua. Um, I do have some fish, and if you are robbing my house, can you feed the fish? I'm looking at you, Dan. If you're going to go and rob my house, can you um, feed my fish at It's a, bit of, a bit, bit of a trek from Singapore. It was not a black thing. <laughs> Don't bring race into this already. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> uh, like us. Like us. On Apple Podcasts. Yes. Oh, Apple Podcasts. Like Danny O's 
on, on Apple Podcasts. Without looking, what's it called? It's a beautiful game. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Cara, I, can I go now? You can. Thank you, Dan. Pleasure. Thanks Thank for you, having Russell. me. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye.